Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Editorial and Broadcast at Open Banking Expo. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Heritage, who is the Open Banking and API Leader at Axway, which is an API management platform. Uh, we're going to be talking about so the US uh, banking market and the open banking market uh, over there as, as well. I mean, at a regional level, I, I think we can say that the banks have had sort of varying degrees of, of reactions and responses to open banking. You know, some banks have seen open banking as a bit of a threat, whereas others have viewed it as an opportunity. Certainly in the US market, you know, you have the four largest banks, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Citigroup. But then there's many other sort of mid-tier banks, of course, community banks. Uh, and Laura is going to talk us through a little bit about what she's seeing in the market there. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thank you so much. Well, let's start with sort of Axway and, and your role, uh, just to set the scene a little bit, really, for our listeners. So um, can you tell us more about Axway and, and what your role is there? Sure. Great. First, I'll start a little bit about myself. Um, I've spent 20 plus years in the application integration and middleware space, working with customers to build products that address their their needs. I was there at the beginning of the SOA days and the first SOAP services, um, and I was building, you know, service registries and repositories and SOA gateways. Then in around the 2010, 2012, there was this new thing called the API economy. It was better, it was faster, it was easier to engage in an ecosystem, and it was starting to go external. Um, it really started opening up data and fostering innovation. It created new business models, and I really just fell in love with the opportunity that it made available to company. And, it, and this was happening all across all interests all industries um, at various rates. And then fast forward a few years and open banking regulations that started sweeping the world from the UK to Europe to Australia, most recently in Brazil and the rise of fintechs. And my passion really led me to focus on the banking and financial services industry because of this explosion of innovation and opportunity that was happening and, it, and it's still happening. And then I, I specifically wanted to focus on North America as the innovation is occurring due to market forces and it's occurring extremely rapidly. So my role at Axway, I help banks and financial institutions establish and implement their open banking and open finance strategy in order to participate um, and capture part of the $60 trillion in value that is going to transfer from the traditional banking sector to digital equivalents by 2026, according to McKinsey. 
That's uh, that's a huge number. And um, look, thank you for for introducing yourself, your background. Uh, I think, as, as you mentioned there, you know, when we think of open banking in North America, uh, we obviously know that that uh, the region has opted for this market driven approach, as you said. Um, but is there a bit more to it than that? That just kind of seems quite a simplistic way of putting it, basically. Can you kind of paint the picture a bit more? You know, that's a really good question. And I'm going to, you know, you know, you know, talk about this, uh, like you said, in terms of North America, including Canada and the U- US. And when you think about Canada and US, some would say regulations are just not the American way. We tend to have a laissez-faire mindset of, of free market and capitalism. But I think in North America, we had the benefit of watching and learning from the implementation of open banking regulations worldwide. And because of the lack of regulation in North America, the financial institutions here were free to focus on the opportunities of it instead of how am I going to meet this regulation deadline and how much is this open banking regulation going to cost me? Um, so we have more of, we were gifted the ability to have that innovation mindset from the onset. I do believe we will see regulations hitting Canada and the U.S. in the next 12 to 18 months. There is already a mandate in Canada to end screen scraping by 2023 and the U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau launched an effort back in May this year to promote competition and innovation in consumer finance. So open banking mandates are coming to the U.S. soon. And and is that something that um, has has been welcomed in the U.S. by by banks and, and financial institutions? I don't know if the regulation is necessarily welcome, um, but it helps. I think it'll help in a couple things um, in that it'll give a little bit more clarity to to organizations of how should they externalize in order to to really participate in the, the open banking um, economy. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I suppose we'll have to watch this space and, and see what happens over in, in the US and, and Canada. Um, as you mentioned, though, the US maybe w- uh, has been an advantage in, in the sense that you'd already watched uh, sort of open banking being implemented in the UK and in Europe. Was there any specific learnings, do you think, that, that the, US, the US took from those other regions and, and how they implemented and what they did right, what, what could have been done better? Yeah, definitely. And and even, you know, we just had the Brazil last year launch their open banking regulation. And when we went down to Brazil to help them implement, we we really led with, hey, don't just implement open banking to meet the regulation. Um, if you do, this will just be another expense you have to pay and a checkbox that you have to do, providing you no business value. What you need to do is devise a strategy to implement open banking to provide better services for your customers, improve your operating models, and create new streams of revenue. If you do this, 
then open banking is not an expense. It's an asset to the institution. And, you know, don't wait until it becomes a regulation to start on open banking, because if you do, you're going to push is going to come to shove and it is going to become a checkbox and it is going to become an expense until you take the time to devise your strategy and participate in the the digital economy. Yeah, I think um, that's something maybe that that Canada has has um, struggled with a little bit more, isn't it? In the sense that obviously in the US you have forged ahead um, w- without kind of any legislation in, in place, and and as you you put it earlier, you know financial institutions saw it as an opportunity, uh, but Canada seems to have have been a little bit more nervous, shall we say, in in taking the plunge there. And what do you make of, of their approach? You know, they're. they're they're actually, I think, stepping ahead here. Um, initially, they were a little bit slower, but now they're they're stepping. I, I think they're going to go a little bit faster here in the next few months. Um, uh, they're adopting as the the de facto standard for lack of a regulatory mandated standard. They're they're leveraging FDX, which is Financial Data Exchange, which was built by a consortium of banks and vendors and fintechs for how they should do this exchange and and participate because they wanted to have a say in the regulation before uh, a government stepped in and, and started dictating the standard to them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. They've obviously appointed an open banking lead in Canada this year. So um, yeah, I think as you say, they're they're getting underway over there. And and um, coming back to kind of the US, then how have first of all how have the large banking institutions kind of addressed or embraced open banking? You know, um, let's first let's first define what open banking is. Some think open banking is putting out their own API to the external world for partners and developers to use. Now, this is a step in the open banking direction, but those APIs are still proprietary. Your developers and your partners must still learn your API, for example, the structure of the API, the security, the consent management. And the developers will do this for the large banks, but they don't have the time and the money to do this for several smaller banks. And so that kind of stifles the the innovation and the the free market that, that open banking provides. What really levels the playing field is that open banking is really based on certifiable interoperable standards such as you and Canada, US and Canada, as I said, the FDX standard is 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 what is being adopted be for the lack of the government mandated standards. When mid-sized banks implement the standards such as FDX, they have just lowered the barrier to entry for developers to adopt their API. The developers only have to code to one specification with one security model, with one consent model, enabling them to onboard several banks at scale. Now, this works the other way as well for banks. Banks are able to then onboard new fintech services 
at scale as well. I was talking to a few banks and it, it seems to be about the, the same between every mid-sized bank. It takes about on average six months for a bank to onboard a fintech to the proprietary APIs, right? With standards, this could lower this to uh, a, a week or a few weeks instead of six months to, to get all of that interchange done. So for mid-tier banks, this is their opportunity to gain some of that $60 trillion in value by adopting open banking with certifiable interoperable standards. For large banks, it could be seen as a defensive move to retain that $60 trillion of value so it doesn't transfer to the digital equivalents. Or it could be seen as opportunity to capture more of the $60 trillion from their top competitors. So it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you say, it's helpful to provide that definition of, of open banking, I think, in this context. So for those banking institutions that have been slightly kind of slower to um, adopt what what we've defined open banking as, what what is it that's kind of held them back, would you say? I think there are three main things that are holding them back. And I'm I'm speaking about North America where where this is market driven. Um, One is not knowing where to begin in defining an open banking business strategy. Where do they start? Number two is since North America doesn't have a regulatory body saying this is the standard and specification you must follow. There tends to be this this notion of do I invest now or later or which standard should I implement it? Implement, sorry. Um, As I said uh, before, FDX in North America, which is created by that consortium of banks and fintechs and vendors, is now really becoming that de facto standard for the lack of regulations. Now, the third thing that I run into um, for the adoption of open banking is really the concern of how do I interpret, for example, taking FDX, how do I interpret the specification, implement the standard to ensure the safety of their their customer data. I mean, because nobody wants to be um, make the late night news for for a data breach, right? And then along with that implementation um, is one of the things that I, comes out of most uh, uh, banks that I talk to. Mouth says, "Well, we're worried our core is too old. Um, we can't do anything with our core. It's too difficult." So those are like the three main things I think that are you know, kind of holding people back, not knowing where to begin with a business strategy, um, you know, you know, taking charge and, and, and selecting the, the um, standard that they're going to implement to, to participate this in this and then implementing that standard. Yeah, I can see, you know, as a bank, it's um, maybe, you know, they don't want to to take that dive and, and be the first to to embrace this. But equally, you know, you don't want to be 
behind the curve here. Um, and, and like you say, obviously, security is is really important, isn't it? Obviously, security of customer data and um, and and fraud. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of factors at play there, aren't there? Yes, definitely. Um, well, let's come back to Axway um, and find out a little bit more about what Axway is, is doing in the US in terms of kind of new products and services that are going to make it easier or, or encourage anyway banks and financial institutions to sign up to open banking. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Um, Xway's mission is to help our clients adopt and implement open banking standards to ensure the secure sharing of financial data. In short, we help our clients embrace open banking. Axway's open banking solution is a turnkey solution based on proven, robust integration platform that allows our customers to quickly and easily consume and publish open banking APIs to enable those value-driven solutions and build a healthy ecosystem of third-party developers around their platform. In addition to the technology, we provide consulting services that help financial services or financial institutions define the open banking business strategies that will take them to the future and how um, we help generate a plan how to implement those services as well. And do you see this as, as kind of an exciting time to be operating in, in this market, given given everything we've just talked about, I suppose? It's an incredibly exciting time. And it is one of the reasons I chose to stay and focus in North America. Um, in my previous roles at Axway and, and other companies, I, I loved focusing worldwide because um, I love the travel. But the innovation that is occurring in North America right now in the next 12 to 24 months is is outstanding and is very exciting. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for telling us all about what's going on in the US and in Canada at the moment and, and also about what you're up to at Axway. So thanks very much. Thank you for having me. My thanks again to Laura from Axway there. Uh, she joined us to talk about what's going on in, in the US and, and Canadian markets. And as you may well know, uh, Open Banking Expo's Canada Confex is coming up later this year in November. That's going to be an in-person one-day event in Toronto. So visit the openbankingexpo.com website to find out more about that event and who's speaking at it. For all the latest episodes of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, then go to the on-demand section of the website. Until next time, goodbye for now.